Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 258. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I'll be your host for the show. On today's episode, we have Raquel Acosta who left a cushy corporate life to pursue a, uh, a life living on her terms. And um, this journey led her to founding the successful brand Glaze Me Pretty. Welcome to the show, Raquel. Hello, Carlos. Thank you for having me. I, I thought it was a long shot to be able to get you on the show. So I'm, I, I have to admit, I'm super excited that you're, you, you took the time out to do this. Um, Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. I, 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 <clears throat> I create launch scale and, and, and eventually exit brands I'm passionate about or, or would like to be passionate about mm-hmm. most people uh, that, that I know seem to like search for their products based on, uh, filters and inefficiencies in the marketplace, if you will. Um, I'm not saying either is right or wrong. Uh, I can only speak to, you know, I, I like pursuing things I'm passionate about. I'd like to be passionate about. One of the things that drew me to your brand story is the this passion that you have for uh, the the art of pottery. Um, what What were you doing before Glaze Me Pretty? Like, have you been a lifelong... Uh, potterist. Absolutely I don't know if that's the not. word. And and have you always loved pottery? Absolutely, absolutely not. It's a complete career change for me. So I studied computer science, <laughs> and I worked as as a consultant and as a data analyst for over ten years. But I grew tired of the corporate life and the office environment, and it wasn't really my passion. So I was seeking something completely different, something a bit creative, something uh, to do with my hands, kind of like a craft. And I tried several hobbies throughout the years. And then I landed in ceramics after watching the Great Pottery Throwdown. That gave me just the idea to, to try evening classes. And I connected with the craft. I connected with the medium. Uh, it's just mud, but you can turn it into anything, basically. So that, uh, I, I thought that was fascinating. And just, I give it a go uh, simply as a hobby, you know, to have a creative outlet. But on the back of my mind, because I was tired of the corporate life, I had this idea of having a, a side hustle, maybe a little business. And that was in 2016. So Instagram was full of people doing little businesses and side hustles. So uh, I thought that maybe I had a chance, uh, you know, if I work hard uh, to start selling my work and and maybe perhaps having a little business. So so this is 2016, more or less? That's, yeah, that's where I started my first pottery class. So coming from zero knowledge about pottery. So obviously it's a skill is uh, kind of like learning music, I suppose. You have to practice. It's not something that you can pick up quickly. You know, if you are doing it full-time, if you're lucky to be able to do it full-time, you, mean you can learn the craft maybe in a year if, if lucky. But if you're doing it in your spare time, maybe a few times a week, it takes, I would say, three to four years to get good at, uh, at pottery. I appreciate you sharing that. What... I have so many questions from that. Like I'm almost jealous. Like I I didn't pursue passions. You seem to have been like totally in control of your destiny. You know, what, what other hobbies do you mind? Like what, what other hobbies did you try out 
while you were still a data analyst and that you ruled out and kind of, did you rule them out because you didn't see a path for profits? Yeah. Yeah. Mainly. Yeah. 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 I've tried photography, but that was even before I was completely tired with uh, corporate life, but just because I, uh, uh, you know, I've always had uh, a yearning of having a creative outlet and a hobby, perhaps because my husband has always had a creative hobby. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't, so <laughs> I was jealous of him. So I tried photography because he was into photography, and that actually has been extremely useful for my business because I do my own photography. Uh, so there's a lot of money that I'm saving. So yeah, I picked up the skills of uh, uh, you know knowing how to use a camera uh, in in uh, manual mode, uh, developing pictures in Lightroom, all that stuff. So super useful. So I tried photography. I try jewelry making, I try knitting and crochet, uh, a bit of sewing, and then pottery. That's wild. I, I want to touch on what you mentioned in a little bit about the, the photography and how you do the own, your own photography. I happen to know you wear a lot of hats in your business, so I want to touch on that, right? All of them. Um, <laughs> absolutely. But but it, it is it is a pretty amazing how... We kind of call them soft skills that you have these other skills that you wouldn't have thought about, like the photography, you thought you were past that. And now it, mm -hmm. it's paying dividends in your, um, your current business. What, yeah. what was the, what was the initial investment at this for the, for this hobby? And did you add more once you decided, okay, like I imagine you sold something and you're like, okay, if I could do this a thousand more times, then th I can leave this this place where I'm at. I don't know. Like, what was that process like? Mm. So I guess because I had an unstable job, I could afford, you know, spending some money into into evening classes. So that's the easiest way to start. You go to evening classes, you pay monthly, and you have all the equipment and the materials. So it's very little investment, and once you know that you like the craft, you like the, you know you like doing doing that, then you start investing into your your own equipment. Um, it's not such a huge investment if you have a space already where you know to, to set up a studio. It doesn't need to be big. You can start in a spare room, uh, even a corner of of, of the kitchen. <laughs> Uh, but obviously, if you have your own space, uh, that's much better. Uh, and then the kiln and the pottery wheel, if you are throwing, those are the biggest uh, expenses. Uh, but other, other than that, you know, you don't need that, that many things to start creating pottery. I, one of the factories I've worked with the longest in China, though, was um, products to manufacture ceramics. Uh, for uh, for different like coffee products and other stuff, and I had I had an opportunity to visit their factory, and the kiln by itself was like it seemed like the size of a football field. So oh, I'm yes. trying I'm trying to envision like visualize <laughs> what kiln that you got in your house. Yeah, no, yeah, obviously they are mass producing, so the scale is completely different. We are, we call ourselves uh, studio potters, you know, the, the, the small potters that just, you know, we work out of a small studio and the kiln is, is a small, it's like a washing machine in size. Uh, so that, that kind of size is small. You can fire perhaps uh, between, depending on the size of the pieces, between 30 to 50 pieces at a time. 
and I do around seven firings per month to produce around 300 pieces per month. That's, that's the scale we Studio Potters are working with. And does that become, I'm, I'm air quotes here, does that become the limiting factor in the business? Uh, or is it, or you never want to go above that? Or is there like plans to get a bigger kiln? Um, how, how does that work? Is the time. So obviously we are making the product apart from all of the other areas of the business. I make the, all the product. So my time is the biggest limiting factor. I could buy a bigger kiln, but if I can't make more pieces and get them all fired, uh, then what's the point of having a bigger kiln? So it's 100% my time. So to scale, and I don't necessarily want to scale uh, hugely, but to scale, I'll have to probably find a bigger space and then start hiring uh, employees, which is a completely different business. Because right Absolutely. now it's just me. I have full control. I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about managing people, and you know everything that that brings <laughs> with it. So yeah, it's a completely different approach. What? Wow. What? What would be? Do you recall your first sale? The first time somebody paid you money for a piece of your work? <sighs> I think it was it was a friend. <laughs> it always is. I can't remember the first real one, as in somebody unknown to me. I can't remember. How about how, how about the first one in e-commerce? And, and did you start in e-commerce? I started in e-commerce. I started in e-commerce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I started selling before. I was ready to sell Bailey, but I wanted to have the, you know, the, the, to pick up the knowledge of, you know, setting up a website, uh, an e-commerce shop and all, all the admin behind and all, all the process. So before I was really ready to sell and before I had an audience that wanted my work, I just went ahead, created the website and the, and the e-commerce shop. And I, I just put my work out there and obviously nobody bought it because at that time I didn't have an audience. So it was mainly, um, friends and family. <laughs> so, so, so you build it and they will come true or false. Exactly. Totally not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew, I knew, but I just wanted, you know, I wanted to get that done and, you know, so, so, you, so, you, so, so you build a website. Is it, is it WordPress? Is it Shopify? I started, Did you yeah. I started with WordPress because of the cost. So obviously it's very affordable to start with WordPress uh, earlier this year, I migrated to Shopify, and oh my god, such a difference! <laughs> I a wish I had started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had started with Shopify from day one. But uh, yeah, what was one of the biggest differences you saw, like when you switched to Shopify? The amount of functionality that you get out of the box is is so much better than WordPress. In WordPress, you need to start adding plugins. And that comes with uh, a lot of risk. Every time that a plugin uh, updates, it can break something. So by the end of it, I was so tired with updates breaking core parts of the website that, uh, yeah, I just had enough and migrated to Shopify. And yeah, it's, it, gosh, I really, re I really recommend it. 
so happy with it. And then the analytics that you get out of the box as well are, are good. And you get um, some, some analysis done for you, some, some nuggets of information about sales and, 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 and that stuff done for you. So yeah, I, I really like it. Did you ever consider like a, like an eBay or an Amazon or a Walmart.com as a third party platform instead of WordPress or Shopify? At the very beginning, I tried Etsy because that that's more catered towards handmade products. Um, but I found perhaps because I think Etsy is bigger in the United States these days than everywhere else in the world. The audience wasn't there. Um, it's very crowded and unless you are promoting it yourself as another sales channel, I wasn't really getting the traffic to make it worth it. So I just decided to focus all my attention uh, into my own website. Okay. What? So I think it's a fair statement to make that you're passionate about pottery, but you're not passionate about the admin business side of it. You just do it because it's necessary. Is that, is that fair? Or do you enjoy that side as well? Okay. Said another way, if you could spend all your time doing one or the other, what would it be? Yeah. Pottery. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, it's, it's and a, as you yeah. mentioned, you wear all the hats in your business. So, so I, I, I like the amount of skills that I've picked up, uh, you know, and you know, the amount of things that you are able to do. Yeah, it is fun. It is funny. All, all the aspects of the business, are, they're fun. But it's just when you are so pressed in, t- of, you know, in time that, you know, it's uh, finding the time to dedicate to, you know, uh, updating listings on the website and that, that kind of stuff. It's, just, it's difficult to prioritize. <laughs> sure. And what, how do you, how do you keep the, I, I'm saying this from experience. So like my, my wife and I, we met through dancing salsa and then me, I'm just incapable of not looking at something and, and turning it into a business. That's just my curse. So <laughs> we, we started opening up, we opened up a Latin dance studio for, for, for salsa machata. And it was, if we were on the dance floor dancing, the passion, it was amazing. But when there was payroll and bookkeeping and, and yeah. social media and, and all the other things that come with a business, to this day, we've admitted to each other, you know, we're about to start dancing again. But when we hear salsa, it's no longer just the passion. It's also this reminder of the stresses that go with building a business on the back end. So how do you keep your, your passion for your craft alive with everything else that's involved? That's it. It is. It's very true. It becomes a job. (laughs) So, I mean, just because I enjoy the process and most of my time is dedicated to making the actual product. So that keeps me going, I guess. So, uh, and then, you know, it's very rewarding. I work in monthly making cycles. So at the end of each month, I have a, a batch of work ready to sell, to sell. So, you know, it's very re- rewarding to see the things going to, the, to your customers and then the, the lovely messages you, you get when they receive uh, their pieces. So that absolutely, that keeps me going, you know, all the nice comments in social media, <laughs> and, you know, all the people that have added 
my pieces to their Christmas uh, wish list and, and, and to the birthday wish list. That yeah, it keeps me going. I hear you there. It kind of feels like when somebody references the podcast, when I see them at a show and they're like, I love the episode, whatever. And I'm like, yes, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. It makes you so proud. Yeah, for sure. You referenced community before and how without having community, you, you didn't get sales that, that whole buy it and they will come didn't happen. So you've also mentioned social media is, is social media. How did you start your community? Um, and where Instagram. does it exist? Instagram. It's Instagram. Yeah. I guess it's the best platform for anything, for any physical media. If you're creating a, a product, you know, pictures are uh, the things that, that, that sell your product. And yeah, Instagram is the, the best platform. And was the best, the best platform uh, back in 2016. I just created an account sharing my work. It didn't have much traction until probably early 2020. But yeah, COVID. you know, I've been, sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people were online yeah. and browsing, right? So yeah, I experienced a lot of growth in 2020. But, you know, I've been there since 2016, showing up pretty much every day. Um, and that's, that's how you do it. Like there are no tricks or magic um, top 10 things that you, that you do and then you grow. It's just showing up. Yeah, pretty much every day, sharing, sharing what you're doing. And, and that's it. Is, is Instagram your sales channel as well? Like people request to buy from you or do you use email? No, they go directly to my website. Yeah, I, I think I've never had a, like an actual sale done through Instagram itself. Oh, me either. But I see it like they throw up this like Instagram yes. shop and stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. I wonder who does that. Yeah, but like, I've never. That's connected to the website. So if they click on a product oh. that I've tagged in the post, they you know, it opens the product listing on my, in my, on my website. So I don't, I don't have, I'm not like a middle step. Uh, you know, to complete the sale, it goes directly to the website. So, I mean, yeah, the traffic to my website, most of it comes from Instagram. That is amazing. You just taught yeah. me something. It's amazing. And it's I'm Instagram ignorant, by the way. A what? I'm Instagram ignorant, by the way. You said it's Igno- scary, oh. <laughs> meaning what? Facebook could shut it off? Say that again. Sorry. The last bit. Why did you Why did you say it's scary? It's scary because I, I'm relying on uh, on Instagram. My business relies heavily on Instagram. If Instagram was to shut down tomorrow, I don't know if I would be able to continue. I mean, I have a mailing list. I have some people in my mailing list, but I do know that majority of my traffic comes from Instagram. So yeah, that's you, scary. Do you? My mind works like this. Like whenever I hear something like that, I start strategizing. Uh, but like, yeah. maybe you could leverage your email list to grow your Etsy, so you have two things going on. I don't know, but yeah, I, I I've lost some business before based on you know trying to build on Messenger, like Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. Facebook Pages. Um, I've never tried Instagram, but I can imagine how that's scary. How do you? How do you? I'm curious. How do you work this to where if somebody sees your stuff on Instagram and they really like it? So they click on it to buy, they go to your site, but you don't have a batch ready because the batch ready, you know, your, your new batch is not ready till the end of the month. Is there still products that they could buy and how do you communicate that your new drop is coming? Yeah. 
right now, I usually have some stock throughout the month. So, you know, I do a drop at the end of the month and I get uh, a big spike of sales uh, the two days after that. But then it's a trickle of sales throughout the month. So at the moment, I have more uh, supply than demand. There's always, there's always something. But yeah, some things do sell out quickly. So they have the option to um, subscribe to an email reminder when things get back in stock. I try to push my email list as well. And then if they are, subs if they are subscribed, subscribed to my email list, then I send an email when I do the ship updates, the restocks, so they know, um, they know then. Um, I think with handmade product, because, you know, the prices are higher. I mean, some people do buy impulsively, but a majority of people just stick around, see what you're about, and then eventually buy. So it might, might take a few months for them to, to buy. So by then they know how my, how I work, you know, the, they know that I do monthly batches of work and, and, you know, it's not really an issue if they have to wait. Do you have a lot of repeat customers? Yeah, I do have repeat customers. Yeah. I, I can't tell you the, the percentage on the top of my, of my head, but yeah, I do have a lot of people that have, but for me, a lot, a lot of times, you know, repeatedly, which absolutely is, it's amazing. Just thinking about it is just amazing. <laughs> and people that buy, buy, buy as a gift for, for, you know, for the friends and, and, and for Christmas, and they recommend my work to other people. So that's, it just blows my mind. <laughs> I hear you. What, what you so you wear all the hats. Well, you know what? Before we get into this, I, I want to talk about your, your Instagram again for a second. It has me intrigued. Yeah. Do you, is this all organic or are you running any paid ads on the Instagram side? I do ads, yeah, on Instagram. Uh, just lazy ads. You could call them lazy ads. I just pick a post and then <laughs> sponsor the post <laughs> for like a month at a time. And that's it. Can you I, share your budget or no? Huh? Can you so share a budget? Like, like roughly yes, what budget uh, do you put for a post like that? Not huge. Uh, seven pounds a day. I don't know how much okay. is that in dollars. Around $10, would say, a day. It's, it's not huge. Um, okay. It, it works for me. I mean, you need to do some experimentation, uh, know what kind of posts uh, perform, perform better. Uh, yeah, you know. You can target the audience, just, you know, target to your, you know, to, to your ideal customer. And yeah, I do get, um, I've grown a lot, especially in 2020, 2021, I've grown a lot from, from, from paid ads, more than organic, I would say. And then this year is when I've started noticing more uh, organic growth, funny enough. But yeah. And you spend 300 a month or there's maybe a few posts per month that you do that with? Yeah, just under, under 300 pounds a month, yeah. Okay. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about you wear, and, and when you say it, you seem very proud when you say it too. So you wear all the hats in your business. And does that literal, like you do all the design, you do all the writing, you do everything? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> I'm not good at everything, but I, I do it. Uh, it's just different. When it comes to outsourcing, um, it feels like it feels scary. It's, it's, it's um, you know, it, some some things are a big investment, so you are scared. You know, paying for an, a copywriter, or I don't know, what what else could I outsource? Uh, Email. Yeah, email, uh, even Shipping social media. Social yeah. media. Yeah. You know, if but, I can do it and I can save the money, why wouldn't I? But that means that I'm, <laughs> I'm basically working two full-time jobs. <laughs> if you want right. all the hours I'm working. For sure. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not knocking it at all. I. I definitely feel like I've been there, and it's a. It's a choice. You know, all business owners should make. Um. I just wonder like if, if somebody was doing your social media or somebody was doing an email or somebody was actually printing, you know, creating the labels and all you had to do was print, would that leave you more time for pottery, which is the only thing that you are the expert in that they're not. Yeah. I would love at some point, I would love to have somebody helping me pack orders because I, I don't enjoy that. And it takes a lot of time because ceramics is fragile and you have to carefully wrap every single piece. Uh, so yeah, ideally, I would like to have some help. I'm just waiting until I have more demand than supply, so that you know feels a bit more like a safer position to start looking to outsource and hire people. But yeah, so for the time being, I'm just uh, doing everything myself. But yeah, I'm not against it. And yeah, as soon as I feel like I'm ready to do it, and you know, I feel like everything is kind of rolling and safe, uh, I will start seeking a bit of help. hundred percent. You know, there's a book I had hired a coach a long time ago, um, named, um, Chris Ducker. He, he, I don't know if you like to read, but he, he put, he wrote a book later that was pretty much everything we paid for the consulting in this like $10 book, which I swear by this book. Um, yes. and it's called virtual freedom. I, I don't know if you're bored and you ever wanted to read or listen to an audiobook. I have two two small kids now, so I, I can't read physical books as much as I used to, but the audiobook Virtual Freedom by Chris Ducker, I highly recommend it uh for, for stuff like that. What what about um like what's next? Like what what, what any what what's like do you have a roadmap in mind or is it very reactive yet? Yeah, I don't I don't have a bigger strategy. My, my, um, my, I, I would probably like ruin the business because mine is like constantly going to, uh, mass production and how do we scale and everything. But yeah, no, I, no, no, I suspect no, no. that you, that you have a much more peaceful life uh, yeah, no, because, than I do no, with what you do. That's definitely not my goal because the point of what I do is that is, you know, it's made by a human, made by a person, made with a lot of care and work slowly. And I can, you know. I can make things that are different than mass produced things that they have a character and a handmade feel. So no, my goal is not to outsource the making or grow into a, a pottery factory, not so. My goal is to have, what I mentioned earlier, to have more demand. So to, to grow to a point where I have more uh, demand than supply and then <laughs> Well, in my head, that will give me a bit more freedom freedom to make perhaps different kind of work. 
um, maybe less functional pieces and, th and things more, a bit more artistic. Um, but yeah, I don't have like a, a five-year strategy plan. It's just a vague idea of where I want to be. Um, but, you know, for the time what? being, I'm just focused on sales and, you know, selling, making work, selling and growing my audience, getting established, getting my name out there. Thank you. Yeah. Do, do you only ship in the UK or do you ship outside? World, it just costs more. Worldwide, but the shipping outside the UK is so expensive that obviously it makes up uh, I would say less than than five percent of my of my sales. My second biggest market is the states, but yeah, it's you know it's, it's tiny compared with the UK. I'm gonna buy if they're in stock. I'm looking at the Christmas uh, gingerbread man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy some so that we can we can we can add it to the tree. Uh, I don't know if we'll make it for this Christmas. Uh, I don't know if the timeline works for that, right? You're like, no, 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 um, not anymore. It can totally wait for next Christmas. Hopefully they're in stock when I, um, when I order them, what, what bit of advice would you give somebody that kind of like knowing what you know, now you would have done differently. There are so many things, so many lessons that I've learned. You know, when the questions when the question is so generic, I kind of I don't know what to, you know what to pick. But for example, you know, especially with people that are doing something handmade like I'm doing, we kind of um, we we like to, you know, if we use social media, we like to follow and find examples of people that are doing the same. I kind of have them as a reference or as a goal. <laughs> but now that I'm here, I know that a lot of my, uh, my examples, my people that I was, you know, aiming towards what they were doing, they weren't really doing it full time. <laughs> it was really a hobby or it was something supplemental, supplemental income, or they, you know, have a partner that is clearly you know, the main income earner. So now from my perspective, now I know who's doing it full time because it's basically a grind. You know, yeah, it's, it, that... it's a lot of work. So now I know. So I, I'm, I'm not saying, yeah, what's the takeaway of this? I don't know, but just, I guess, pay a bit of attention because. That's great you know, advice. Like, like you basically yeah. like you, things are not always what they appear like and you have to be exactly. careful like who you're who you're modeling exactly I, I, and sometimes it's sold uh, as um kind of a, like a lifestyle business you know just slower you work for your own you know something a bit more relaxed you have freedom with your time and you are a slave for the, of the business. So it's not like that at all, which is fine. But just, you know, understand that you know, it's, not, it's not a fairy tale, like making, you know, having a handmade business, making it full time, like a, you know, like a serious, serious, serious business is a grind. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I, I like to say, if you treat it like a hobby, it will pay you like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it will pay you like a business. That's yeah, spot on. 
I, I agree. I have definitely been on that grind. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at somebody and tried to gauge whether I was successful or happy based on the appearance of that mm. other person or business on social media. And then years down the road, you you, you run across them and, and things are just so, so different than, yeah. than what they appear. Exactly. So. You re realize that a lot of people are not sharing the reality of, of, of running a business and running it on your own. I try to uh -huh. share everything, um, but which is, I think I would have loved that when I was starting. Not, I mean, it wouldn't have put me off or anything, but you know, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really useful if you are starting to see the reality and not just the highlights and the, you know, and the, the great stuff and, you know. Yeah. And then another lesson probably is no, saying no, valuing your time and knowing that people don't have your, you know, the, they have their own interest at first, which is totally fine, but just know that when somebody approaches you, you know, cold, you get a cold email, you get asked to go to a selling event or something, they are doing it because it's their business and they don't have you you know, their priority is not you. They don't really know if you are a good fit for that opportunity. So just, you know, be careful when you say yes to things and do your homework. I, I love how you pick that example. That's perfect. You, you know, you've shared more on this episode, like openly about what it's really like running a business and starting a business. And I think anybody else, any other guest has in, in nearly, in nearly 260 episodes. So I, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. What you said about the shows, I've, and I was just talking to someone about my goals and I'm like, I need to get better at saying no. Um, and another saying was, uh, I'm just like rattling off these sayings. And I don't want to sound like a hypocrite. Like I, I try to do right by these sayings, but sometimes I don't. Um, but that is, um, you do somebody else's lists and somebody else's calendar. You're not doing your thing in your calendar. Exactly. Um, I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Uh, Raquel, I, I'm, I'm going to just keep rabbit holing on questions if we don't start bring, wrapping this up and I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to ship, you're going to do social media, you're going to do emails, you're going to do pottery, you're going to do kiln design. Uh, I heard you when I was preparing for the show, I was trying to like find all the things that I could find like uh, about you, uh, so that I didn't ask something and I could max it that that's already been asked and that I could maximize the time we were together. But I would, you actually were on a podcast, a very big podcast, actually. Um, one that I actually like called, uh, Shopify masters. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I recommend anyone listening to this, jump over and listen to that episode. But there was this one part where you talked about, I would have never thought somebody could make this one topic so exciting. And it was about glaze. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, like, I want to just go get glaze. <laughs> I loved it. I recommend it. Uh, you, you've been amazing. Uh, what, what would be a way that somebody can reach you? Um, if they, or, or do you even want to be reached that way? Like if somebody was just like, I, you know, I'm inspired by your story. I have a question about e-commerce. Like, is there a way that someone can reach you or buy your stuff? Yeah. Instagram. I'm always there. <laughs> Literally always there. Plays <laughs> so me pretty. I, yeah, I'm Glaze Me Pretty on Instagram. I answer all comments and, and messages. My website website is glazemepretty.com. And yeah, I have a contact section over there. You can drop me an email and I'll be happy to answer. 
I love it. I'm, I am very curious about this, this next one. And that is what is your favorite book and why? Yeah. It's not, yeah. I, I, I went through a practical uh, route with this one. It's not my favorite book as a book, but the, the, what it teaches, it really made an impact in my business and is Profit First but Mike Michalowicz. It's an amazing book. <laughs> so hard yeah, to implement, I mean, but it's so amazing. Yeah, as a book, it's, it's full of fluff. It could be five pages, so you can Google, you know, and get the gist of it. But it's just the method. I think is well, it's probably just a budgeting technique, but it really helps. It really helps. So yeah, I recommend uh, if you have a yeah, your, your, if you have a business, uh, check that out. That really is an helpful. amazing book. I threw a book at you, Virtual Freedom. If you if you get bored and you want a second one, um, read. If you've not already, E Myth Revisited. If, you, if you've ever, I, I'll message it to you. But it's E Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Obviously, I'm sending you two books that talk about delegating because I want you to crank out more pottery. <laughs> but that, that's just my that's my evil agenda. I've always struggled with delegating, even in my corporate life. So yeah, <laughs> thank you for that. Raquel, muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I I look forward to staying connected. I'm going to buy the the gingerbreads now for next Christmas, not coming up. <laughs> uh, people listening to the show, it's you're listening to this on the 26th at the earliest. So Merry Christmas. Um, I hope you have safe and happy holidays. Raquel, you've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Carlos. And yeah, everybody have a really happy holiday.